Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, a very special guest and some very special news. It's a very special episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Let's go. Welcome to Jordan Jesse Go. I'm your host, Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. With me, of course, as always, my dog Coco in the distance. <laughs> I'm Jordan Moore's boy detective. Are you pushing me out slowly? Yeah, no, I'm trying to replace you. Number one, look, everyone agrees Jordan's adorable. You go on the Maximum Fun message boards, everyone's saying, how adorable is that Jordan Morris? But you're not as adorable as Coco is. This is an adorable dog with a scruffy face. Sure. But I think you're also overstating how much people talk about how adorable I am on the message boards. Mostly they talk about Minecraft. <laughs> I, there's, there's, don't worry, there's a Max Fun friendly Minecraft server. You know what? I take a lot of pride in kind of knowing about... Uh, dork stuff. I still don't know what that is. Really? You I don't mean, know what be, that is at all? It would be simple to find out what it is, but I, I have think, not known what that is for a while. I think that it's essentially the same as... Um, I think it's essentially the same as Second City? No. Second Life. Second, <laughs> second Life. I was You're thinking of say, Chicago. I try, in my head, I said, it's not Second Craft. Yeah. Don't say that. Um, but I think it's like that in that it's just a a virtual world yeah for in which the where you can in which the meet up the friendless to fuck a lizard person. in which the friendless gather to build piles of polygons right isn't that what it is I like i don't think i think it's one of these things where it's the i don't know this and we're going to be corrected of course absolutely maybe there is a point to this game <laughs> but i think it's like second life in that there's no point to it and so all the only point to it is to hope that one day it'll come up on the view. Hope that one day you'll get it to the point of cultural phenomenon where enough people have talked about it that it comes up on the view. That's a good, that's a good hypothesis. Is Joy Behar still on the view or does she just host the Joy Behar show? I think she's still on the view. Hmm. She's great. Yeah? Yeah, I think she's definitely the best person on The View. I, I've been talking to more and more comedians from kind of our sphere who are coming on the Joy Behar show to riff. Really? Yeah. I didn't... Well, well riffing is big in the world of television these Yeah, days. yeah. Television is becoming a, a riff-based industry. Sh- sh- by the way, we should introduce our guest sure. on this week's program. She's- Joy Behar. <laughs> <laughs> How are ya? It's my Joy Behar impression. Um, uh, our real guest, uh, of course, known widely as one of the most beautiful women in the world. Um, uh, one of the most brilliant women Still in the world. Don't could be talking about Behar. <laughs> At this point, it's not not Behar. Um, oh, frankly, frankly, only not an international supermodel because her husband is so rich and successful that she doesn't need to be. She considers it too much hassle. Oh, whoopee. Yes. <laughs> okay. Whoopee, I'm referring, of course, to Ted Danson. Sure. <laughs> 
my wife, uh, Teresa Thorne. Teresa, welcome to Jordan Jesse Co. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. We've been talking about having Teresa as a guest on Jordan Jesse Go for a long time and never did it for some reason. Probably, I mean, she's not qualified to be here. No. Absolutely Nobody not. wants to hear me on this show. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. The strategy is we want to have somebody who has a lot of heat on Twitter right. to right. come on right. the show, recommend so, the show on Twitter, get us some like new listeners. Somebody like me who tweets at least once a month. Upwards of once a month. <laughs> so sometimes as often as thrice a month. Wow. Well, okay. Well, I mean, I guess maybe that's something if if... If your monthly tweet is about this, maybe there there is some value in that. I have I have to spend time trying to decide how I feel about fans of our programming who follow my wife on Twitter <laughs> because she works for maximumfun.org now, right? She's the development director of maximumfun.org. Um so she's, you know, she's in in a way she's sort of a public figure. I mean, people who have questions about their donations email her. No. I mean, sure. She's no, you know, good luck, Jonathan. <laughs> Jordan, how many weeks have you, been, have you been waiting to say the name of what, Li- Liberian president? <laughs> what is he the president of? I think Nigeria. I mean, I'm either, <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm racist. Anyway, I'm wrong, I'm racist. But I don't know a lot about the man other than the, that he has a hilarious name. You're mostly racist because that joke didn't make any sense. It was just obviously you just wanted to say good luck, Jonathan. I was deciding between uh, good luck, Jonathan, or baby Doc Duvalier. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it like took a little bit longer for me to make a call. Jordan, can I recommend that when you're deciding between those two as a reference, you keep in mind that baby Doc Duvalier was like one of the most brutal dictators in well, North the, American history. I think he's history. the son of one of the most brutal dictators in North America. Well, Papa Doc Papa was Doc. more brutal, okay. yes. Papa Doc was legendary. He was brutal for many, many, many sure. years. And then Baby Doc was for a relatively short period of time. Hilarious names, though, right? Oh, there, hey, there's wow. no doubt that those are hilarious wow. names. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're not. Sure. Baby wow. Doc Duvalier. Papa Doc Duvalier, <laughs> Pol Pot. Oh, man, Pol Pot. Joseph Stalin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of fun here. How are you doing, Teresa? I'm good. Is it exciting to be on the program? It is. It's very exciting if to be here. You were you on you were on one of the first Jordan Jesse goes briefly for something, right? I was on yeah, I was on uh in our one bedroom apartment in Koreatown when we talked to Rachel about sex in the city and whether sex in the city was Good. Right, why people like Sex in the City yeah. and whether it was good. I remember that segment. Now, that was a here fun we segment. Are, two movies later, <laughs> and the answer is a resounding yes. Jordan, remember when we used to have like segments and things we did on <laughs> yeah, this show? Yeah, content. <laughs> Man, I'm glad we're glad we're out of those woods. Uh, well, it's great to have you on the program. Teresa actually hosted The Sound of Young America once. Did you know that, Jordan? I, have, I did not know that. It was shortly after you graduated from college and moved down here to Southern California to uh, uh, to work in the entertainment industry. Sure. I believe at the time you were working in the... You were working for the guy who invented Fox Celebrity Boxing. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I have done that. Teresa, uh, I had this dream. No. I really... You're already wrong. I'm wrong? Yeah. I had the dream. You had the dream? Yeah. Man, you guys are just like Alan Peg Bundy. <laughs> Do people tell you that? People tell you you're just like Alan Teresa, Peg Bundy, right? would you give me a tushy rub? Oh, uh, can, I, can I divert That's what they about... said on that show. 
That's gross anyway. Yeah. Whatever. Peg, Peg wanted Al to rub her toshi. Can I, I say know, something that's about what Married made it with a Children joke. real quick? That's what made it a joke. I get it. I yeah, get okay. It. Say something about Married with Children. Uh, How about this? It was funny when I made that joke about Married with Children. It was very funny. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Married with Children is all on Netflix. I thought it would be fun to just watch the very final episode of Married with Children to see how they wrapped it up. Uh, they don't. <laughs> the final episode of Married with Children is just this free-floating episode with no conclusion. Didn't Mar- well, Married with Children was the longest was like the longest-running sitcom of its era. Yeah, it had eleven episodes, eleven seasons, I think. Did they f- know they were stopping it? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, I one can only assume no because you would think that a that a show with that pedigree would uh would want to have some sort of grand farewell. I think that every year it was like up in the air are they going to renew married with children or not. Yeah. On the one hand, it's a, it reliably placed in the third quartile of the, <laughs> yeah, sure, quartile. of the ratings. Um it was it was re- consistently pulling in that 2.6 mm-hmm. that so that was so vital to the Fox network at the time. On the other hand, it also was an embarrassment uh, from a foregone age. <laughs> sure. Um, I guess at some point, Married with Children was, like, edgy? Yeah, no, I think so. And But, yeah, and you could definitely, yeah, watching that last episode and just it being all about, like, like very clearly set up put-downs, like yeah. that being the basically the whole show. Uh, like, I think in the episode, like, Al's bitchy boss actually goes... Now, excuse me, I have to leave. I need some beauty rest. And after she leaves, he says, she's going to be sleeping a long time. <laughs> like someone saying something that people don't say just so someone else can slam them. Uh, but yeah, and it's weird that in like 1996, that was still a show. But yeah, no, I think when it was, you know, it was... I don't know. What was it? But, when, you know, I think I think when it came out, 11 years right. before that... 1985. You know, it, it was the era of the kind of Full House-like sitcom. It was, this was pretty Full House, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, in that kind of... I, I have a feeling that... It's like that, a Facts of Life type yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. Even kind of in that little... Wasn't there even some weird government law for a while that, like, programming on after a certain point had to include, like, X amount of lesson-based episodes... I don't know about that. I feel like I, I, I that could be wrong, but I feel like that at some point there was a you have that kind of uh, conceit of the very special episode that those were somehow government mandated. Really? Anyways, uh, but that could be nonsense. I feel like that might be something more about um, like justifying why something was in a certain time slot. Like, yeah. like it was okay to have it on at a time when kids could be watching TV if... You dealt it, with abortions. <laughs> sure, yeah. yes, if, if yeah. DJ had an abortion. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think maybe that was, that was Married with Children's calling card as it was the crass, you know, I, I remember, uh, version it, of that. Anyway. In like 1990 or 1991, mm-hmm. um, I, I remember I was watching TV... Uh, with my dad and we were watching blossom (laughs) and um it was an episode where blossom got or maybe blossom's friend whose name i don't remember six uh not to be confused with seven erica badu and andre 3000's child um oh really yeah i think so or jazz no seven um, uh, it was Blossom or seven or six 
got her period. And my dad sensed a teachable moment and said, Jesse, do you know what a period is? And I said, no. And my dad said, well, if you'd like, I can explain it to you. (laughs) And I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Did you really not know what it is? I I don't think I knew what it was. I think I was like nine or ten. This is not something I want to talk about with my dad. Maybe nine I, I was. Yeah, I don't think I did know what it was. I mean, I think I had a vague sense of what it was, but I didn't actually know what it was. But I did not want to learn about it from Blossom. Even then, I knew that it was that I didn't that I had more dignity than that. Oh, so it wasn't that it wasn't you didn't want to have the talk with your dad. It was that you didn't want it to. You didn't want to give Blossom the benefit yeah. of being the yeah. thing that made you and exactly. your dad have that conversation. <laughs> that was exactly what it was. You don't want. Yeah, you don't want to remember your Birds and the Beats talk. And also have an echo of Joey Lawrence saying "whoa" in your head. <laughs> you don't want those things linked. The only like the only like coming of age father and son things that I remember are that and that when I was like seven or eight, and my dad we were on a camping trip, and uh, my dad decided to give me the birds and the bees talk. I remember that I knew that the penis went in the vagina already. Like, I already knew all about that. But when he told me that the guy takes it out and puts it back in over and over, (laughs) that blew my mind. I was like, why would you want to take it out once it's in there? Isn't the whole idea to have it in there? I think it's funny that your dad told you that he takes it out and puts it back in. Well, he was... Like, that's not, like, really a crucial component of the talk. The other shame... The other shameful moment... Uh, the other shameful moment that I remember from that talk um, was my dad said, have you ever... Have you ever gotten an erection? And, uh, again, I was maybe eight, and my brother had was, like, a baby. And... Uh, I said no because I didn't know what an erection was. Uh, and he said, well, you know, everyone gets them. I mean, even your brother gets them. And I was like, I, 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 he, sa- he realized halfway through saying that, that he was essentially telling me, come on, babies get boners. <laughs> <laughs> you, your dick's never been hard. <laughs> That was on after Married with Children for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> Babies, Babies get, get boners. boners. Yeah. It was Married with Children, Herman's Head, Babies Get Boners. Yeah. Oops. I hit something. Yeah. It's okay, Jordan. Uh, this was the extent of my sex talk. Uh, I, I went sex talkless for a long time. And for some reason, my dad, and I was way too old. I was maybe like 16. <laughs> my dad took me out for just this really, really awkward lunch. Now, Jordan, I would just want to clarify. Yeah. When you say you were 16, you were 16 what, in the 1950s? Yes, I was. Yes, I, yeah. was, I had my first steady. You grew up in Orange County in the 1950s. You, yeah. of course, grew up on an orange grove. Uh, yeah, right. I did. And then I was placed into cryogenic freezing. Sure. Uh, Wait, he took you out to lunch? Yeah, we were, I forget. I remember us outside on a patio. That wasn't, you know. Well, if you want to like, talk sex, you want to talk about it, chilies. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. Right. If you're not a claim jumper, how are you going to talk about boners and vaginas? Yeah, right. They have the hottest waitresses. Yeah. Um, and this is just all. And he was just squirming through the whole thing. And I'm like, oh, God, I know what you're. 
I didn't want to say, like, just do it or don't, you know, but there was just, like, a <laughs> discomfort. Oh, just say it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, like, whip it out or something. No, yeah. Come on, Dan. Let's, <laughs> come on. Just do it. Let's measure it. Uh, let's measure Come on. Um, he's just like, when you have sex, I just put a condom on. You don't want your dick to start bleeding. <laughs> That was it. Like, that was, like, what he was building to, was that one. That's, like, I could tell, like, he maybe wanted to say more, but it's like, you know what? I don't want to make this uncomfortable. I want to boil this down to one important sentence. He wanted to say more, but then he accidentally played his trump card first. Sure, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You don't want your dick to start start bleeding. That's horrible. And then that was it, and then we just went home. And I'm like, oh, okay. But I guess it, I guess I didn't want it to go on any longer than that. No, you didn't need additional information from no, him. At the, uh-uh. I assume you didn't need additional information. No, I was at that fine. Point. Yeah, Teresa, you must have had like a really like reasonable, practical. Because your mother, my my beloved mother-in-law, is a works with adolescent girls for her career to help make them well-adjusted adults, right? So like you must have just gotten like regular. Um, well, I, I just knew about sex since I was like four because you were mega slutty (laughs) because I, um, I just kept asking my parents, (laughs) like I just kept asking them where babies came from and my mom would always say, well, it's a special hug. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, and then I would say, that's very, that seems very like ripped out of the 70s like that seems yeah, very yeah. like our bodies ourselves totally. like free to be you and me like she just that. she just pulled a hard cover off the top shelf of the bookshelf opened it up and you just saw this amazing expanse of pubic hair <laughs> <laughs> um i i kept saying like but what like why is this why is the hug special let me put on this record and harry nilsson will explain it to you <laughs> And um and my mom and she replied Nilsson Schmilson sure and my mom what a coincidence that's mom, the record where he explained sex <laughs> um my mom would say well it's a special hug between two people who really love each other and when they have the hug God knows to send them a baby <laughs> that's terrific <laughs> and I and I kept asking but how does God, no, it's the hug. How does he know it's the special hug? And so my mom said that she finally just relented because she was so sick of me asking. So she just, like, explained what sex was. And then as soon as she explained it to me, and I don't remember this. but You started fucking. <laughs> you just got out there playing the field. Sure. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Um, yeah, but so I don't really remember... And then, like, you know, there were, I guess there were more talks beyond that, but I don't really remember. I mean, like, my mom got me one of those little books, like, What's Happening to My Body when I turned 12, I think. I don't know. I didn't have, I don't think I had very traumatic. I feel like we have we have thousands of listeners. Would it be funny if there was a book called "What's Happening to My Body, Asshole: A A Guide for Confrontational Children"? (laughs) (laughs) Kids who just won't let shit drop. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I feel like we have thousands upon thousands of listeners, and there must have been some who who got oh, the world's most horrible sex talk, right? Yeah. Should we just to action uh, item, yeah. right? Open it up. This is a sure. wonderful action item. 206-984-4FUN, the number to call. Yeah, if anybody's got one of those classic grandpa took me to a whorehouse stories, too, <laughs> I would love to hear one of those. Keep it pithy. 206-984-4FUN. We'll be back in just a second with more of Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Teresa. You've been, have you been planning that for like that you're just going to shoot down the whole conceit of our introductions? No, I hadn't really thought about it. Am I, I, I'm, I'm supposed to have a nickname. Yeah, you've never, li- we should explain yeah. that you've never listened to Jordan, Jesse, Obviously, go. Obviously, I've listened to it. I just wasn't really thinking about the nickname. I, I believe, I believe your exact quote was, I've heard enough of you and Jordan talking <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I think I did say that at one point. Um... <laughs> No, I like to listen to it sometimes. Thank you. Blue moons. <laughs> On occasion. <laughs> Leap days. Oh, you're, these are tight. I thought you were going to list marshmallow shapes. <laughs> <laughs> these are days when she would listen to Jordan Jessica. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Clovers. Green clovers. Jordan, I think I feel like there there may be a reason why you're obsessed with marshmallows. Yeah, geez. Uh I uh a uh I've given up sugar. Well okay, so wait, we have to backtrack here sure. from that. Why and how have you given up sugar? Uh, well you know wait, I, I wanna know when. I think uh, the when is at least as important. Well, guys, I want to know. We'll get to all of this. What have you given up? Which, sugar? <laughs> <laughs> Where? Um, I uh, I uh, a, a, I saw a buddy of mine for the first time in a while, and he, uh, you know, like me, was kind of a was you know kind of an out of shape guy, not like not a fat guy, but you know, kind of a kind of a paunchy guy. And I saw him, and he just looked great. He looked he looked amazing. Uh, just fuckable, just so fuckable. Um, and he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, I'm not my, and we kind of have similar schedules. Like he works in TV production too. And like, we have kind of similar problems, like having to eat fast and not having a lot of exercise time. And he's like, I just gave up sugar, just sugar. And this is it. And I, I, you know, and I look and feel better. Uh, I thought, great. I've, I've been, uh, I've, I've kind of had this dilemma. It's uh, it's pilot season here in L.A. Uh, I'm doing a lot of auditions, and I'm, you know, a little more self-conscious about my appearance than I normally am. I've been getting a lot of roles. Uh, I'm, I'm, we, should, we should explain. Pilot season is when the boats in the harbor sure. audition people to pilot the boats. Right, <laughs> to light their stoves. <laughs> yes. Um I, I'm up for one role in particular where the the whole thing of this character is that he's out of shape, uh, and he's he's a personal trainer where the joke is he's in bad shape. Uh, so it's like, well, I still want to go for these out of shape nerd roles, but I don't want to be like an actual out of shape nerd, right? Uh, so I thought that would be something I could do just just cut a thing out of my diet and and hopefully just see some see some results, um, and. I am fucking miserable. I have no idea <laughs> yeah. how much 
sugar I ate. I even thought that to myself. I'm like, I don't think I eat that many sweets. No, I ate a ton. And all I think about is pancakes. Basically, like, pancakes have now eclipsed sex as primary thought. Are you – so if you given up – have you given up all refined sugar? Like, have you given up uh, sweetened baked goods and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, like – yeah, so – What about, like, juice? Uh, I'll still drink a glass of orange juice. Okay. Uh, which I, I know is kind of sugary, but... It's it's basically the same basically as eating a, a candy soda. bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's probably the next step, is, yeah, like, yeah. is cutting but, out stuff yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, fructose. But if yeah, you, yeah. If you... I, well, actually, maybe I shouldn't even jump in, because no, you're no, not no, even please, done. Please, please. But I, I went through this. Like, yes. when was it? It was in college, maybe. God, it sucked. Yeah, it really sucked. And But I totally hear you, but... Um, the hardest part for me was like, I would still try to eat sugar in like weird cheaty ways, like juice or, um, like weird, like fruit, like stuff at the health food store that's sweetened with like fructose and stuff. And And it it has, basically what I discovered is it has, it all has like the same effect. Yeah. Um, unless you're eating actually an orange, which like is totally different, like it's totally fine. But, um. But the thing about juice that actually this actually really did help me. Uh-huh. If you drink a glass of juice in the morning, your body is going to crave sugar the whole rest of the day. It yeah. really is. And if you don't, if you just have like coffee or milk or whatever, you will not like without sugar, you w- like it will make a huge difference in the amount that you want the rest of the day. Well, here's the thing is that I have replaced Whenever I get the craving, I just drink a cup of coffee. Like, a lot of coffee is available to me at all times, and I was never a coffee drinker. I like to have, you know, when I'm at a nice restaurant, I like to have an espresso after dinner. (laughs) But that was, like, kind of, yeah, you know, maybe I'd have a cup of coffee a week. But now uh, I'm, like, kind of in the three-a-day range, and I am a fucking poop and fart machine. (laughs) Uh, And I still just want pancakes more than anything. And it's, it's, it's... it's weird because I am like, yeah, I am like seeing how like coffee can be useful to like affect your mood and productivity and definitely really helps with the sweet cravings. But yes, I am just like a smelly bathroom destroying monster. Uh, <laughs> and you're pissed off. Yeah, and I'm mad. And I'm mad. And every time I drive by a Denny's, I, uh, I have to bite my tongue a little bit. How, how long have you been doing this? This is a month and some change. Wow. Wow, a month. So I feel like by now you should have been. Yo, like, I shouldn't be you, this angry. Yeah, you should. Be I should used be fine it with it. Now. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm. I'm really not. Uh, mm. And I've be, I've been in, in a lot of situations where I've just been taunted by yeah. desserts. I feel yeah. like I uh, I do these. Uh, I, we were talking a couple weeks ago with Allison Hayslip about uh, the spread at press junkets. Oh God, it's everything has cheesecake at it now. Everything I go to <laughs> just has free cheesecake that you can just eat. And uh, and yeah. Anyways, and you don't cheat. Like, have you? Have you I have just not. not no, cheated? I've actually. I actually That's haven't. Amazing. I had had a few glasses of orange juice, which yeah. I only recently figured out. Okay. is probably I should just drink a Coke. Probably, yeah. but yeah. anyways. That's amazing, though. Like uh, that you haven't cheated in those circumstances. Like sure. where it's given to you for free, I feel like it's so hard oh, to just. Yeah. Do I you feel like I'm losing money if I do? Yeah. It. I feel like it's yeah. even like a cheapskate thing with me. Like, I better yeah. eat it. Do you enjoy it the way that a, a 19-year-old vegetarian enjoys being a vegetarian? Like, do you, do you get satisfaction just out of the fact that you're – and let's face it, 
better than other people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I would not. No, I definitely talk about it too much. I feel like I I make it a topic of conversation more than people want to hear about it. Well, it does. Look, and I want to I want to be clear when I say that it makes you better than other people. It does. And I also think that vegetarianism makes you better than other people. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> it totally does. And yet, That's I, why it's so frustrating. This, this from a man who announced a few nights ago, I hate vegetarian. Right, because what are you supposed to cook when they come over for dinner? All I want to eat is meat. <laughs> yeah, meat's delicious. No, you know, I do feel like I do, I do feel a little better and I feel like I look a little better. Um... Well, there's no doubt that you look fantastic. You look adorable, if I might say. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you've been reading the forums lately. Only only the Minecraft stuff comes up for me. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'm I'm in the wrong portal. Uh, Yeah, so I don't don't know what to do. I, I mean, the coffee thing is working, and I'm kind of enjoying this new relationship with coffee, but I don't like the shitting and the feeling like I'm just going to... Like well, blast a fart in you'll public. You'll probably adjust point. to that. Yeah, like your body will get used to it. Mm-hmm. Is that something that happens? I I've never I've literally never drank a coffee. Yeah, I mean, I think you're really sensitive to it at first, but yeah. like after like I mean, I, I would think after like a few months, you're just like it's not even going to be noticeable. Like your body just adjusts to it. Right now, you're basically power blasting farts. <laughs> yeah, uh, and poops. <laughs> yeah, I feel like uh, yeah, I feel like I definitely had this. Uh, um, I I had a moment uh, recently where I was in um. Uh, kind of the back of a comedy theater, and they have, you know, kind of tiny bathrooms in the back of these places. Mm-hmm. And I destroyed a bathroom, <laughs> and a guy went in right after me, and I was, you know, 20 feet away, and I just heard, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like like a genuine shock oh. and surprise at this guy who had come into the bathroom after me. And you just so. walk back there with your mug of coffee in your hand. Yeah, exactly. Smiling from ear to ear. And then tried to engage him in a long conversation about how I want pancakes. Do you actually... I'm interested to, to know how you came to be fixated upon pancakes specifically. Don't know. Don't know well, why it is. because pancakes just have a lot of carbs. And they're really... They're, like, sweet, but they're, like... I mean, you're probably just craving carbs, because sugar was probably your most, like, main source of carbs. What about jelly beans? Why isn't he craving <laughs> jelly beans? No, no. Here, I'll. Uh, uh, I usually don't like fruity candy. I like. I you know, if I'm eating candy, I'll. I like something chocolatey. Okay. Uh, like choc- like a chocolate peanut butter combo is just my, my ultimate thing. By the way, they just released a peanut butter Snickers, so fuck that too. Well. Uh, but anyways, yeah, I saw a bowl of Starburst the other day. Something that I don't like and i'm just like oh i gotta fucking have those st- I, yeah i like i like was like feeling sexual about this bowl of starburst <laughs> uh, did you put did you put your dick in the bowl at all yeah yeah I because that doesn't count as eating no i know and that's what i've been doing is i've been like fucking a lot of food <laughs> right but not ingesting it so and i wear gonna... a condom i don't want my dick to start bleeding. <laughs> what are you gonna do i don't know i guess maybe I your dad was fucking hard candies maybe he that may, was yeah he problem. may have been fucking gobstoppers the problem is that the problem with all of these kinds of things is that it is really cool that you can just stop eating sugar and you'll like lose a bunch of weight. Like that really does work. But then as soon as you want to eat normally, you're just going to gain the weight. Like it's so, yeah, it's like no. you basically I mean, you can just decide, "Oh, I I want to be like skinny for a while and then like give yourself a break at some point." Do you think that you're never going to eat sugar again? 
God, I know. I mean, or you're just I would, getting cut I, for I, pilot season. Yeah, you got to get cut so for pilot season. So the boats think you can really toss that fuel into the fire. Yeah. Um, the boats themselves are doing the casting in this scenario, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, uh, God, I don't know. That's a good, I mean, I hope I get to, an, I mean, I don't want to be a kind of person to where if everyone's going out for ice cream, I have to, like, make a right. fucking issue of it. Mm. Uh, and I enjoy ice creams and pancakes and stuff you know so yeah i mean i would definitely what would you do you could do a special occasion thing yeah yeah or just i mean if anything else i'm super aware of how much sugar i ate yeah i I gotta tell you when i was on the migraine headache diet which is before Mm. i think jordan jesse go existed because we were living in san francisco i i i get these horrible migraine headaches as listeners probably know and I bought this book about how to get rid of your migraine headaches or how to control your migraine headaches. And one of the things in the book was it was a diet that essentially eliminated everything that is a migraine trigger for anybody. And this is a pretty broad range of things. Um, but it, it was it, the idea is you eliminate these things for six months. And then at the end of six months, you can... You, you know that you're sort of like have a base level and you can start trying things one at a time to see whether or not they're a migraine trigger. And I had to give up. I gave up. I still, I gave up like bananas, citrus, all caffeine, all chocolate, all cheese, all... Freshly baked goods. Fresh, fresh baked goods with yeast in them. Um, and it was brutal. But the thing that I wanted to eat more than anything else in the world was cheese i wanted to eat cheese so fucking bad (laughs) all i could think and this is somebody who i used to drink tons of dr pepper and i still love dr pepper um but cheese was what i wanted i just wanted cheese so much yeah man i can't i can't i can't even fathom a a world where you're not supposed to eat cheese by by the end of the six that's just self-abuse it seems by by the end of the six months I had basically decided that whether or not migraines, uh, cheese gave me migraines, I was going to eat cheese. <laughs> I was like, hopefully some cheeses will be better than others. <laughs> and thankfully they didn't, it didn't end up doing this. But I had like, I knew that at the end of six months, I would be able to at least try it and see if it, if, and I found out some things that I would love to eat today. I had no idea at the time uh, that uh, onions and garlic were big triggers for me until I did this thing, and I ate them, and I was like, oh, I, it seems like every time I eat onions or garlic, I get a migraine. Um, but, oh, God, if I didn't have that six-month time window, that's the thing. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to, like... Are you gonna, there's, this- no, there's no definitive end. Yeah, no, I know, and I, I d- definitely didn't think it out. I mean, I just started doing it. Yeah. Uh, after I had this conversation with with this buddy of mine, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm I'm I, I you know maybe I'll even make the end of pilot season as like <laughs> fucking douchey as that is. Uh, <laughs> uh, as long as you have wheatgrass every day and you do a cleanse in the middle, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, as long as I can still go out for sushi. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I'll kind of make that my end and then just try and kind of have a sensible relationship with sugar where I have some sort of sweet once a week or something. Yeah. Once a week? Yeah, maybe, huh? I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know either. I, I don't know either. I am. I'm I think the it's worst a really good idea to have dire. an end, like to have a planned end, yeah, or at yeah. least have a planned break at some point, because otherwise you're gonna like drive yourself totally insane. For a while, I had almost completely given up ice cream because I realized when I gave up all chocolate and things with caffeine that that's the only kind of ice cream I actually liked. Um, but then, and so because every good kind of ice cream has at least some chocolate in it. Sure. I mean. Nobody just sits there and eats vanilla ice cream, except our friend Jimmy Pardo. Oh, you know, I'll, I'll eat a scoop of vanilla ice cream. Really? Yeah, yeah. We uh, that was that was definitely the ice cream of choice in my house growing up. It's good. Yeah, I, I don't understand. It. Yeah, I don't understand, I don't understand it. it. I mean, it tastes dulce de leche. Dulce de leche. Yeah, it's unremarkable. Hmm. It's no good. Oh, I enjoy. But it. then I discovered. <laughs> Then I discovered this peanut brittle kind of ice cream that's got like peanut p- peanuts and peanut brittle and it's kind of peanut buttery flavored ice Man, cream. I'm getting hard over here. <laughs> and uh, now I'm just eat more ice cream than I did before I gave up chocolate just because I found one that's kind of like having a, a, a chocolatey yeah, yeah. flavor experience. Like one that has some of that richness and doesn't taste fruity. Yes. No, hey, yeah. I, I I hear you. Someone said to me. Someone said to me that I should maybe just you know like go and try and get like sugar free sweets or something. Uh, but I feel like that would have that sort of reaction where yeah. I would just like yeah, be this bullshit. guy with it's, this bag of it's sad. It's just sad. Fake chocolate peanuts and it's yeah. look at it this way. It's sad when you're a grandma. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're not, on the other hand, maybe it would have a kind of a reverse effect. Maybe. Maybe if a young dude does it, that makes it edgy instead of sad. And then grandmas won't feel so bad when they have to do it? No, grandmas will be confused as to why the young men are are acting cool while they do it. Yeah. Uh, well, then we'll high five. That'll be funny. Sort of like how if Teresa... <laughs> Hopefully she starts rapping. Sort of like how, how like if Teresa decided, uh, or a group of Teresa and her peers decided... To get their hair set once a week. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that would, uh, that would be like an edgy thing for them to do. Yeah. No? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's old. I kind want to do that. Old person behavior. It'd be kind of cool. It sounds kind of great because you only have to like, you go in, you get the treatment. You don't right. have to do anything. They take care of you. You talk to the girls. You talk to the girls. You get your hair set. It's all nice. And then... After that, you don't have to wash your hair for a week. Yeah, you just wear like a... You wear a shower cap. Uh, Maybe, I mean, last year, it was fixed gear bikes. This year, it's old person behaviors. (laughs) (laughs) Just in general, just behaving like an old person. Struggling sugar-free candy, getting your hair set, and racism. (laughs) You know what I I think I'm going to do? As a solution to this situation, hmm. I was thinking I can't really, at the end of pilot season, start eating chocolate again. Mm-mm. But here's what I can do. At the end of pilot season, I'm going to give up getting migraines. Oh, that's nice. That sounds really I'm great. always thinking, you guys. Yeah, you're going to want to keep those for pilot season, though. Really? With all these funny migraine characters oh yeah are popular these days they're always gassing for migraineurs sure <laughs> migraineurs we'll be back in just a second on jordan jesse go it's jordan jesse go i'm jesse thorne america's radio sweetheart jordan morris boy detective Teresa, 
I still haven't come up with a nickname. No. You got a couple more hours. Is it my <laughs> job to come up hours. with it? Yeah, you have to come up with it. What do you think we've come up with all the great nicknames over the years? You think we came up with Explodo? You think we came up with Kevin Sprinkles Pereira? I think we did come up with that, maybe. We did. But that was the only one. That was the only one we've ever come up with. Because we're tired of it. That is the only great nickname we've ever come up with. Look at our nicknames. They're shit. Yeah. (laughs) Seth Morris, tall glass of faggot. That wasn't us. We didn't come up with that. That was Seth Morris. Seth Morris brought that into the game. Oh, great uh, Seth Morris. Could it be Teetles? Well, that's your real. That's a real. That's a cute name that I call you. But so it has to be a different one. Guys. Yeah, we don't want to gross out Jordan. Yeah, you don't want to okay. gross me out. Not in front of my friends, Sorry, Teresa. Jordan. Sorry, Jordan. That's okay. Uh, have you guys seen the movie that has past Jordan, Jesse Go, guests Seth Morris, and Rob Corddry called Cedar Rapids? No, I'm excited to see it, though. It's great. It's really funny. I watched the movie uh, Paul. Oh, I'm going to watch that next week. I enjoyed it. I thought it was uh, fun and funny. Teresa was with me. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. This is uh, this is the guys from Shaun of the Dead. They wrote this movie mm. and star in it. Uh, Greg Matola directed it, who directed uh, uh, various other films. Sure. Adventureland. Adventureland, which I loved, and the TV set, which I also loved. I think that was Jake Kasdan. Jake Kasdan directed the TV set? I think so. Son okay, of Lawrence yeah, right. Kasdan, Jake who Kasdan. Directed Empire Strikes Back. So what's the other thing that Greg Matola directed? Superbad? Yes. Okay. He directed Superbad, and then he... Yes. You're right. Anyway. Anyway, it's a delightful <laughs> film. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Uh, the, um, the press junket for Paul uh-huh. will include flying to Las Vegas. Yes. Getting into RVs. Yes. And driving out into the middle of the desert for a desert party. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. Um, are you allowed to use money while you're at the desert party? No, uh, uh, you can only only uh, are these uh, trade art LSD. RVs? I don't, I don't know how how similar to Burning Man it will be. It's put on by a movie studio, so I think it'll be not that similar to Burning Man. You'll it'll probably, probably be comfortable. There will probably just be a lot of alien shaped popsicles or something. Yeah, oh, which I can't eat. Oh, sorry about oh, that, Jordan. Fuck. Hey, yeah, can we like can we talk about something important? Is it? Do you mind if we take a moment on Jordan Jesse Go to talk about something actually of consequence? Mean something else I don't important? like important stuff. Okay, fine. We're not going to talk about it. No, I do. I, I do. I changed my mind. Yeah, see? I called her bluff, Jordan. Nice. That's, that's what our, our relationship is it's built. A constant power <laughs> struggle. It's built on a foundation of belligerence. Yeah. <laughs> Mutual belligerence. It's like a big... It's like a big acting class exercise one of you is always high status one of you is always low status <laughs> and you walk like your favorite animal <laughs> i i had this acting class it will get to the important thing in a second <laughs> i had this i took this acting class um at san francisco state university and i genuinely don't remember why i think it was because if i took it there then i didn't have to take something in high school <laughs> that was why i took most of the classes i took in college in, in when i was in high school and um, and I remember they gave us that exercise. We had to go to the zoo and observe an animal and then come into class and act like that animal. And I just remember being so disappointed <laughs> when I didn't go to the zoo or even pick an animal until we were sitting in there. And I just acted like a monkey. And then the teacher was like, see... Jesse went to the zoo and observed an animal. <laughs> Why didn't the rest no, of you 
I remember being so sad and feeling like such a such an asshole. <laughs> this nice this nice lady, all she does is teach acting classes to dipshits at San Francisco State, <laughs> and I lied to her. On the other hand, isn't that what acting is? Exactly, just a series of lies. Mm-hmm. A series of beautiful lies, mm-hmm. I would say. Acting is a series of beautiful lies. Jake Kasdan say that? Jake Gyllenhaal said that. <laughs> oh, okay. Jake Gyllenhaal, the great Jake Gyllenhaal. That makes, that, remembering his performance in Prince of Persia, that makes sense. Star now. of the band Her and Him, Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, we, Teresa and I need to talk about something to our uh, everybody out there, right? Yep. This has been hard to. Is, we've uh, we have not said a word about this for uh, the past four months. Uh, I feel like I don't know. I feel like maybe you should say, Teresa. I don't know. Well, we've only known for three months. Okay, so we haven't said anything about this in literally a year. The year <laughs> that this has been going on. Um. Well. I'm pregnant. With a baby. A baby? I, do I, wait, do I feign like I didn't know? <laughs> I don't what, know. I, we didn't plan this going in. We didn't decide what the setup for this was going to be. Well, it would be fun if we... Why don't we do this? Okay. We'll do it both ways. All right. And then people can decide at home which one they're going to listen to. Wait, before yeah. I start acting, what does Jake Gyllenhaal say about acting again? <laughs> it's a series of beautiful lies. Okay. You're talking about Jake Gyllenhaal from the Arcade Fire? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so so we did it once with you knowing. Okay. Now we're going to do it without you knowing. Yeah. Go ahead, Teresa. Jordan, hmm. I have something to tell you. Well, shoot. I'm pregnant. Fuck. Okay. How was that? Let's do it one more time. And this time, she when she says that you're pregnant, you're worried that it's your kid okay. because you've been fucking my wife. I was kind of already going for that. Fucking Jordan? <laughs> yeah. That's not going to fly, Teresa. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Jordan? Yes, Teresa? I have to tell you something. Shoot. We're pregnant. Holy cow. No. no not, li- Jordan. Not, what? Beautiful lies. Uh, That's what I was doing. Jordan. What? Just because you're beautiful, yes. like Jake Kasdan, <laughs> doesn't mean... Son of Lawrence Kasdan, director of Empire Strikes Back. Doesn't mean that you can just do this kind of shit. It, it, it doesn't mean that you can just lie and it's automatically a beautiful lie. Right. There's an art to it, Jordan. I know. I was adopting the posture of a monkey. You, you were. He that? was adopting was the posture adopting. of a monkey. Yeah, he was. Guys, it was fine. Yeah. Anyway, Teresa, we're going to have a baby. It's going to be great, right? Yep. I don't know if it's going to be great. It is going to be great. Why wouldn't it? It's going to be really cute. Jordan and it, cuddly. It could be an omen situation. That wouldn't be great. <laughs> <laughs> you guys seen that? Oh, boy. It sounds like a real situation. It's a real situation. What Don't he... see the remake either. That is bad. If I'm remembering, if I'm remembering correctly, that's where a woman gives birth to a video cassette, and if you watch the video, you die. Yes. Is that right? That's you're thinking of eight millimeter. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> is that is that the one where there's where Nicolas Cage is tracking down a, a giant wicker man? <laughs> yes. No, you're thinking of she and him. <laughs> oh my god. <gotcha. laughs> 
<laughs> That's um, the one with Man Ray, correct? Yeah. The artist Man Ray? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're on the same page, Jesse. We are on the same page. Okay, great. Um, well, Jordan, if you, if you were... Now, granted, I... Um, as far as I know, you're not, you know, you're not cohabitating with a lady or anything like that right now. Sure. Um, but if you were and you, when there was going to be a baby, wouldn't you be in part ambivalent about it? In part. Not wholly ambivalent. Obviously, it's a choice. Sure. I chose this. It's a child, not a choice, right? <laughs> Look, You've I, been, your anti-abortion stance is always clear, Jesse. Jordan, yes. I risked dick bleeding for this. Yeah, you did, you did condomless sex. Yeah. Which, as far as I've been taught, leads to dick blood. Sure. Rocketing blood out of your dick hole. Um, <laughs> your dick has a little sensor. Can, that, were, I, this is really cool where this conversation is going. <laughs> Isn't this um, beautiful? It's really nice. I'm really glad you, guys, you guys invited me, to, me here guys, to talk about this Do you guys today. want me to be there in the delivery room? <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah. I can initiate this kind of banter? Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to need to be there. Good. I'll have, a, I'll have some opinions about Drive Angry 3D <laughs> <laughs> when that happens. I will have seen it by then. Okay. So I can talk about that. Okay. Uh, were, were you guys planning to have a baby? Yeah, I yeah. think we we we've. I think Teresa and I have always wanted to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Maybe even more than one baby. I don't think that was ever. I, I I feel like we talked about how we wanted one day to have a baby, probably when we were seventeen. Yeah, or maybe not when we were seventeen, but eighteen. Like, <laughs> yeah, like really early on. Seventeen and a half. Really early on. What's, okay, fair enough. What's the over under on this, Teresa? <laughs> Wait, so what's the situation that was, were you guys? Were you guys like now it's time, or you're just like, well, we'll just let it happen, and if it happens, it happens. Or are we, we like, did you have? Were you like, were you tracking your ovulation? I guess is what I'm asking. I think Teresa may have secretly been tracking her ovulation. <laughs> Actually, yes. Okay. Um, basically. Yeah, we well, we decided it was time. Like we, I was trying to convince Jesse a while ago that we should just see what happened, and he wasn't really going for that because he was like, seeing what happened is deciding to have a baby, and he was totally right about that. But then, I know I have a powerful seed. Sure, a might a mighty seed. Yes. Yeah. But then, um, but then, and and then I was like, oh, okay, well. I want to have a baby. And then like a couple days later, he was like, okay. <laughs> and then um, and then he didn't want me to keep track of my ovulation or anything like that. This felt like cheating. He, it felt like cheating to you? It felt like cheating. And it also, felt too Catholic. I, like, this feels too Catholic. I, it felt like cheating, but it also... Um, it was. He thought it was like going to stress me out. Or yeah, something. I didn't want to get into this world of people who are trying to have a baby. <laughs> that was ultimately what it was. Like I had decided. Number one, when I t- when I told her that I had to think about it, that was really like I already knew essentially that I wanted to have a baby. But if I hadn't said I want to think about it, I would have been ceding all sense of agency. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't have been a choice mm-hmm. on my part. It would have just been something that happened to me. It would have just been a child. Right. Not and a choice. <laughs> um, but, but with the other thing, like, I just... All I know about having a baby comes from television shows and movies 
where semi-infertile couples are desperately trying to have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I never had the sex talk with my dad. Sure. But, and, and I didn't want to be, I didn't want to just, I didn't want to be in a position where we were like letting God know that we were really going for it so that he could, you know, pull the rug out from underneath us. But that didn't happen. So it's okay. Yeah, well, we, no, because of my plan. Do you guys know about the sex yet? Uh, no. Yes, we did do sex. <laughs> do you know how to have sex? How to replicate this if you ever want to have another one? Um, we'll find out probably um, next month, like probably in like three weeks or four weeks. I've seen a picture of this thing. Yeah? Oh, it's great. It's this little guy that lives inside Teresa's stomach. It's unreal. It's unbelievable, this thing. What they do is they they squirt this weird juice on Teresa's belly and then rub this stick around on it. <laughs> Are you sure this is a doctor? <laughs> Basically. This is in Tijuana. Sure. Um, it's a real sexy Latina that's doing this. Oh, She's like wearing a black going. bra and panties while she does it. Yeah, and she's shooting ping pong balls out of her vagina. Hmm. Sounds like a sex show. No, it's not. It's a doctor because she's sucking a donkey's cock. Oh, okay. I'm, well, you got to tell me that up top. Sorry. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Kaiser, thrive. Gotcha. Um, are, are you, do you guys feel like you have a lifestyle that is ready for a baby? No. I mean, what the fuck lifestyle is ready for a yeah, baby? I don't think it's... I don't think you can be ready, really. And I don't think... I don't really want to make our whole lives revolve around the baby. I mean, I know that's probably a really naive thing to say, and people with kids are probably like laughing right now. But we're, we're looking at this baby as kind of a side project. You just want to set it and forget. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I just think like it'll be really hard and really different, um, but we don't really know what to expect, and like we're still gonna be ourselves doing the same stuff <laughs> sure. that we do. You know, like it's not like it's gonna mean that i mean it's not you know we're just gonna yeah. keep doing it's not like we we're, it's not gonna cost extra money or anything <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty excited for the baby that you guys have a home business i think that's pretty great that it's yeah. not gonna have to be like a daycare baby or something you know i, I yeah. kind of feel bad for it might need to go to daycare sometimes but i um... i do want to say in Teresa's defense with regard to ovulation <laughs> iphone apps that she may or may not have been calculating in or something it is one step above what I believe my mother did with my father when they were not married, which is have her nor plant. This is not one step up. This is a totally different thing. This is in your defense. Yeah, but it's not even one step up. It's a totally different thing. Okay. It's a totally different thing. Hey, Teresa, I got a new app for my iPhone, too. Hold on. Listen. Listen. It's a gun. Anyway, my mother, I think, and I have to say that this is based on something that my dad told me when he was angry at my mom, but it also does sound like something my mom could do <laughs> out of love. And also all the other things that he ever said about her, like drug dealing and stuff were true. So I don't have any reason to disbelieve him. Um, but he, I think 
that when they were dating, my mom decided she wanted to have a baby. And I think my dad was cool with having a baby too, but not like when they were, you know, they were not, I think they never had a great relationship. (laughs) And uh, so she secretly had her Norplant removed and then got pregnant. That's like something you do to genuine. (laughs) Sure. You know what I mean? That's not something you do to my mom. I mean, to my dad. By my mom. (laughs) He had a vast fortune at the time, though, right? That she was trying to get her hands on? That's true. He did have a vast fortune from his his career in the peace movement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How many baby friends do you guys have? Um, We have, I guess, two. Yeah, I mean... Most of our friends are not at that point yet. Yeah, it's funny. I mean... I feel like we have been, in a way, putting off babies for a long time. Oh, yeah. Teresa like since we were 18. Teresa, <laughs> yeah, I think Teresa essentially started, started implying that she would be happier with a baby around age 18. <laughs> and started gently demanding a baby <laughs> around age 22 and a half. No, I didn't. Yes. No, I didn't at all. And in fact, I think a big part of why I went to law school was because I knew that if I went to law school, I wouldn't think that I should have a baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was like... And it worked. It totally worked. Like, I didn't... I just knew, like, well, I'm obviously not going to have a baby while I'm in law school. Because you didn't want to bring a baby into a world that had law school in it. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, But Teresa... No, I'm sorry. I just want to say, I think I really deserve credit... Uh-huh. <laughs> because I really did want to have a baby with you when we were 18. I knew that that made no sense, and I knew that it was a bad idea and we shouldn't do that. And I just held off for, I mean, more than 10 years. That's really, I mean... Yeah, no, I, I give you full credit for that. You. because And what I, when I said gently, I want to clarify that you were consistently great about it. Teresa... Always made it clear that she was ready to go at any time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Anytime you're feeling feeling the baby itch. But she didn't ever try and make me like feel bad about it or anything like that. Thank you. Well, congratulations, but, guys. But we've been putting. But we've been putting it off. I mean, this is something that we've been putting off for ten years now. At this point, so, I mean, yeah. we started dating when we were sixteen or seventeen, and we're now twenty nine, um, coming up on thirty. And uh, and I would I feels like we've been putting it off for so long that we would have lots of peers who had come to that point in their lives. But no, basically none. Yeah. A lot of people are kind of starting to get married now, I feel like. But even a lot of people aren't like. Yeah, I don't feel like Jordan's any closer to getting married no, than, than he was not. when we were 21. Hold up. Listen, guys, have you seen, seen this new app on my iPhone? Hold on. Hold on. Wait, listen, what kind of listen, iPhone app? Is this some kind gun. of... It's a gun it's noise. A... Um, yeah, no, actually, you guys, uh, I actually got a similar we're having a baby call very close to your guys's. Um, so, yeah, so I'm getting my first two baby friends this year it sounds like well how is how do you think this is going to affect your life jordan uh not at all you'll probably go by <laughs> unka jordan right? yeah unka jordan <laughs> I, I don't have any godparent duties do i no we don't believe in god <laughs> okay too catholic <laughs> well, this, it has a different gun so this is just a standard hand that was a machine gun earlier this is okay. a standard handgun okay 
cool. It's pretty good, huh? It's pretty yeah. cool, Jordan. You're doing a good job of shaking that phone up and down. Thank you. To make the sound come out. So I guess we've both got a lot of new responsibilities. Yeah, yeah you guys have this baby. I got this app. <laughs> it is pretty amazing in my mind that you can see the baby inside the tummy with this thing. Yeah. That really looks like like a Nintendo Wii controller. Or something. Yeah. The Wii controller may have been patterned after the weird stick that they mortal and pet mortar and pestle into your stomach <laughs> with the gel. But the baby, what's weird is we're now at roughly uh, what three and a half months, something like that. For, over four months. Over Six, four months. Sixteen weeks. Sixteen weeks. That's not over four months. Sixteen weeks and five days. That's, That's four n- months. No, it isn't because there's four. There's like four and a quarter, four and a half weeks in a month. Okay, so it's about four months. Okay, it's about four months. Fine. God, I hate this. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, guys, this isn't working. I don't want to have a baby with you. <laughs> uh, I think I've I been can, lying all along. <laughs> I can I can kind of guess what the reaction from Teresa's side of the family is. But I would like to hear from both of you. How do your families feel about it? I assume I was oh. the first. You haven't told. You've told your families. You didn't tell me. <laughs> and then just My it. parents have been buying baby yeah, stuff they're, they're and mailing out. it to us for like five years now. Yeah, Jesse's family is even more excited about oh, it wow. than my family is. They, yeah, they're they've been Jesse's dad like. A couple years ago, gave us a baby blanket and told us to sleep with it under our pillow <laughs> because he thought it would like make us get pregnant or something. No, that's weird. my mom. That's a, that's a my strange. mom. Yeah, it was weird. My mom is fond of telling the story of when she saw me uh, naked floating in the clouds before I was conceived um, as a baby. Baby me. Yeah. Um, but she <laughs> she went from telling... She went... I would say in the past three years or so, she went from telling us that story, uh, you know, once or twice a year to telling us that story once or twice a day yeah. in a very pointed manner. Yeah. Like, how come you don't see any babies floating through the clouds, yeah. Teresa? Yeah. Or and just Jessie. reminding you, if you see any naked cloud babies, it means it's time to have a she baby. Would, like, would, don't ignore the naked cloud babies. She would just always show me all the special furniture in the basement that she was saving for our future children. Yeah, my mom has like an entire like an entire chest full of things that she's collected for the baby in the basement. None of which we will ever have room for, by the way. Yeah, we don't have room for anything. Yeah. We'll never have room for any of it. We don't have we don't have room to open the door in our bedroom. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh uh my dad who doesn't I don't think my dad has ever bought something from a garage sale, a thrift store, anything secondhand ever. Um and my dad just doesn't buy things very often at all. Like, he really has an almost buying things free life. Uh, I would say nine months or a year ago, was at a thrift store for some reason and bought a rocking horse and just gave it to us in San Francisco as though we were supposed to bring it home with us to Los Angeles (laughs) and then conceive a baby in its honor. (laughs) (laughs) But, Teresa, your family is adorably excited, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody's very excited. Um, uh, yeah. I, it's it's, it's going to be my parents' first grandchild. Oh, okay. Um, well, I guess very it's exciting. your parents' first grandchild, too. Yeah. Although my, grand, my, my parents have been grandparent age for longer. Yeah. Yeah. 
I guess the next question is, have you told Ashcon? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Oh, I did want to say that uh, we've had two of these uh, two of these things where they put the thing on your belly and we look inside. And uh, the first one, it was like, wow, that really looks like a baby, considering how how little it's developed thus far, how far it has to go. And this time it was, wow, that really looks like Skeletor from Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> today, we were there today. And um, for some reason, this time, so much more than a month ago, this time you could just really see all the bones. <laughs> yeah. So much more than everything else. So you saw like the spine. And then, and then the doctor was like, Oh, it'll be it'll be great. We'll get one of these Grateful Dead photos for you. Hang on, let me see if I can get it. One of it. those really cute Grateful Dead photos is what and, she said. And she like somehow was able to get the baby to turn its head. And so it we have this picture that literally just looks like a skeleton face. Wow. Um, <laughs> but it's adorable and we love it. Sounds pretty cute. It is pretty sweet. Cuz it's our baby. Anyway, so we're going to have a baby. We're expecting it uh, at the end of July, beginning of August. Um, and yeah, it just felt like we we should say something about it, right? Yeah, we wanted to tell people. We're moving. Max Fun World Headquarters is, is going to move in a few weeks because there's literally nowhere in this apartment where you could put a baby unless you hung it from the ceiling. Yeah. We thought we might be able to make it through like three months of... Uh, just having it like on the floor next to our bed or something. We couldn't. I mean, we couldn't even find room for a bassinet in the bedroom, and then we just thought it might be kind of awkward for like Sound of Being America guests and Jordan Jesse Go guests to come in and have like a crib in the dining room, and, like a trash can full of diapers. Ah, <laughs> sure. So, so you know, we had to do what we had to do. We're moving a little further out, but it was a, a, a lovely place. And there's, it's not very far away either. There's gonna be a be- there's gonna be a beautiful child in our lives. Yep. Do you, oh, um, one other thing, I couldn't say this. I wanted so badly to say this, but the other day I think I I talked on the show about how I went to the lady's house in the Hollywood Hills. Yes. Um. Anyway, she was psychic, as I think I the, talked the, about the house you're looking to buy. No, no, this was. Yeah, we're going to buy a house in the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, I know you go a little further out. <laughs> Didn't I talk about buying a, buying the neckties from uh, the woman in the... No, I don't I, don't I know. didn't? You mentioned that you had a, re- a run-in with a weird lady, but I... I okay, well, I, I recently traveled to a, a beautiful home in the Hollywood Hills and bought from some sort of gypsy woman, a very nice lady, uh, uh, 50 neckties. <laughs> um, and... It one and she repeatedly said to me, she was like a caricature of a lady that lives in the Hollywood Hills. Sure, um, she was wearing like you know she was like she ba- she might as well have had castanets on her fingers. Sure. She told you she was ready for her close up, um, and she uh, she was but she was really sweet, really nice lady, and she told me a couple times about how she was psychic. And the good news is, number one, there's a lot of money coming into my life. I presume because the Max Fun Pledge Drive is going to go really well. <laughs> yeah. And number two, she said, uh, the baby's going to be a girl. Oh, well. She just said it straight up. She's like, oh, yeah, Did, it's going to be a girl. She, you told and, her about and, Teresa's pregnancy. Yeah, yeah, well, I mentioned, I said, you know, I we were talking about places to live and stuff because she was moving. And I said, oh, we were looking at a place in Mount Washington because uh, my wife's pregnant. We need to move to a bigger place. 
And you also said when when she said it was going to be a girl, you were like, "Well, we'll see." And she said, "Oh, I'm psychic." Yeah, <laughs> she said it, but she didn't say it like she it was crazy because she did. She a she didn't say it like a crazy person. Sure. B she didn't say it like a jerk. She just said it like I had forgotten. Oh no, no, that, I'm psychic. Yeah, 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 no, actually. Yeah, I'm like just, she I'm was psychic, just explaining so how worry, she knew. It's going to be a girl. She was explaining, oh, remember, because I'm a, I'm a psychic, I know the future. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, it was a delight. Um, it's a delight, of course, to have my beautiful wife, Teresa, here, and I couldn't be happier about this child that's growing inside of her stomach. Thanks, Jesse. You're welcome, Teresa. I love you a lot. I love you, too. Jordan, I love you, too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> now I feel strange. Would you please, <laughs> would you please stop fucking my wife? <laughs> Hey, no promises. And <laughs> now that she's pregnant, it's doubly, doubly appealing. We'll be back in just a second. On Jordan, Gross. Jesse, go. I want to be clear. Jordan's allowed to say that kind of thing. If anyone says something like that on the forum, I'm going to kill them. <laughs> sure. You're going to look up their IP address and shit. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan, Jesse, go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. I'm Teresa, Baby Inside Thorne. <laughs> baby Inside. Yeah. <laughs> Play off the popular Intel Inside slogan <laughs> that America still loves, right? Sure, yeah. Hey, dude, you got to get a baby. Instead of Adele. Yeah. Dude, you're getting a baby. Is that, yeah. is that how it goes? It's, I mean, that's about how it goes. Dude, you got to get a baby. What dude, about this? Dude, where's my baby? What about this one? This baby comes in a box with cow Braids. spots on it. What's that? I forget what... Gateway. Company. Gateway, yeah. Baby. Mm. Baby gateway. Sure. Baby way? I don't think any of these work, really. We've done some great brainstorming here. <laughs> yeah. On Jordan, Jesse, Let's go. Just table this for now. Um... Uh, Teresa, of course, is the development director of MaximumFun.org. And in addition to working on the upcoming Maximum Fun Drive, which starts February 28th, by the way, P.S., um, she is also in charge of the little commercial messages that come up occasionally on yep. our program um, and uh, listener messages. Uh, this week, we are uh, sponsored in part by uh, Richard Thomason of Cosmic Juju. Dot com Cosmic Juju, J-U, J-U, is in Juju B. Um, he is an artist and photographer. Uh, he has some lovely art and photographs here on his website, CosmicJuju.com. He, uh, he points out his photography, truly photography. Mm. It's not some Photoshop bullshit. I think is what he's trying to say. Well, I mean, if you look at the at the at what he's selling, it seems like maybe it's been altered. <laughs> because it's so amazing. Well, because it's so it's yes. majestic. Yes, it it's, seems like something that maybe doesn't exist in the real world. You're saying the concern is, is the concern is that nothing with this level of majesty mm-hmm. could be created purely through the medium of photography. It would have to include some digital alteration of some kind. Not not with not with this. no not with Thomason no. no. Not with CosmicJuju.com. Absolutely not. Anyway, you can visit... The real Co- deal. You can visit CosmicJuju.com, check out his screen prints, his photographs, um, and he says, save him from the fate that befalls most artists. 
uh, having to get a regular job. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's all at CosmicJuju.com. If you want to sponsor an upcoming episode, it's 100 bucks for a personal message, 150 for a commercial message. You just email Teresa, T-H-E-R-E-S-A, at MaximumFun.org. And I don't think... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out right, right now and say it. I don't think that commercial price is going to last. I think we might boost that up a little bit. We might have to just because we've gotten so much interest People lately. love it. People yeah. love it. People are getting a great response. Yep. We're going to have to charge 200 Yeah, Look, we'll see. Either way, we're getting rich from this. <laughs> yeah. Either way, this baby is going to Yale. <laughs> um, I want to say one thing about the uh, Maximum Fun Drive that's coming up. Uh, not only does it start February 28th, but we're going to close it out with a live broadcast like we did last year. This, we're not going to try and... Here's the thing. The, our friends at the podcast did a marathon. So we, we'll do a marathon. But we don't need to compete with them. But then, then this year, they kicked their marathon up a notch. I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to do a fucking marathon. No. <laughs> Why was I even doing a marathon in the first place? People don't like marathons. It's unpleasant. I don't even believe in marathons. <laughs> I think they're against God's will. We will recall from a previous episode of Jordan Jesse Go. Sure. Um, however, on uh, Sunday, uh, March, what is it, the 14th? March 13th. 13th. Sunday, March 13th. Uh, I think we're looking, what are we looking Seven at? 7 p.m. PM. Pacific. Yep. 7 Pacific. That's 10 Eastern. Yep. 7 Pacific, 10 Eastern. Uh, we will be doing a live stream of Jordan Jesse Go, a special two hour program. A video feed. A video feed audio uh, from uh, right here. It will be the grand finale, essentially, from uh, the uh, Silver Lake Max Fun World headquarters. Um, you'll probably get to take a look at my dogs. Um, uh, Teresa will rub her pregnant belly on the webcam. Oh, we'll yeah, have sure. some live sonography. Of the inside of Teresa's belly. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I hope that everyone will join us for it. And I hope everybody's just going to become a supporter in the Max Fun Drive because we're going to have all kinds of cool shit to give away and also quit freeloading, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be really fun. And, um, and we have worked really hard on prizes this year, and I think the prizes are actually really good. I think they're the actually thank things... you gifts. This is a little classier. These aren't prizes, Teresa. Okay, thank yeah, you this gifts. Isn't a, this isn't a bagged goldfish. Yeah, I feel like. Party. I'm sorry. Are you the development director? Excuse me. Pardon me. You're right. You're right. Out of my jurisdiction, not under my purview. Thank you. Anyway, as I was saying, um, I think. It's going to be stuff that people actually want and can get really excited about. So um, I'm hoping that everybody will tune in. And- Unlike this programming that we create. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not good. Yeah. But uh, it all starts February 28th. We'll have special Jordan, special episodes of all of our shows, special Sound of Young America guests, special My Brother, My Brother and Me, special Stop Podcasting Yourselves. Uh, we're making special content that you can only get if you donate. It's, it's going to be... I hesitate to use this phrase, but off the charts. I don't, why, why would I hesitate to use that? No, it's great. It's a great phrase. Yeah. It's, it's a, applicable. It's here. applicable. I would say applicable. I hesitate to say applicable. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Jordan Jesse, go on Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Teresa, baby inside Thorne. We have a signature segment, a new signature segment, Jordan. This is my beautiful wife, Teresa's signature segment. Here's what happens. Teresa and I will be sitting around the house. I'll be enjoying a highbrow publication such as The New Yorker, which, of course, is the only magazine I enjoy reading. 
<laughs> well, sometimes I read foreign policy. <laughs> you have other magazines, but you hate every second of it. Yeah, every second sure. That you're reading. Well, I used to like I used to like the Economist before they sold out. Mm, right. Um, but uh, Teresa will be enjoying uh, a similarly highbrow magazine, <laughs> but for people of her gender, a ladies' <laughs> magazine, if you will. <laughs> A magazine targeted specifically at ladies. And Teresa will often share something with me from the magazine that will make my brain explode. And I want to be clear. I get I have a subscription to Esquire and a subscription to GQ. Um, and I, I bought them each for like $4. <laughs> and I felt like I should for have the them. Year. For the year. And, and I feel like I should have them because... I, you know, partly I work in the men's fashion industry, and those are the men's fashion magazines, so I thought I should have them. They're pretty awful. I'm not going to lie to you, pretty awful magazines on the whole. Sometimes sometimes there will be a great piece of writing in there. It'll just sneak in, like someone spaced out, or someone remembered you're supposed to have good writing in a magazine from time to time or something, but they're pretty awful. Well, they're Klosterman that sneak in there every now and then. Yeah, you you get a Klosterman in there from time to time. Maybe a George Saunders will write something for him, but... Not lately. No, not lately. So, uh, you know, it's, it's not about gender, but it is about the amazing things that can be found in the pages of women's magazines. Great. Um, yeah, and so basically the, the magazine that I read the most around the house is Vogue because I don't really read it. I just like to look at the clothes. Um, and usually there isn't that much dumb stuff in there, but sometimes there's just some really special things that really stand out. So I'm going to start with Vogue. Um, and Vogue is, let's see, this one is the February issue of Vogue. And, um, this is, this is, uh, the life with Andre section. As penned by Andre Leon Talley. Okay. I don't know who that is. He's a famous, uh, enormous African-American homosexual who wears, who wears crazy robes made out of Louis Vuitton print. Um, okay. But that's neither here nor there. He's so, pretty great. I'm just going to say my opinion of Andre Leon Talley is the guy is pretty awesome. Okay. So this, um, this column is focusing on love being in the air for Ralph Lauren's children. Okay. <laughs> um, well, are Ralph Lauren's children famous? Other well, than no, just they're just Ralph okay. Lauren's kids. So Ralph and Ricky Lauren have two have they might have a few kids, but two of their kids happen to have just gotten engaged. Dylan, who's a woman, and David um, have each gotten engaged. And so um, this column focuses a little bit on Dylan. Uh, the young woman who's just gotten engaged and and talks about her wedding plans. Um, And this is a quote from Dylan. She says, I want to feel like a princess, and I want my my guests to experience love, fun, magic, and glamour. My wedding gown will be stunning and majestic. I'm the luckiest girl in the world to have my father designing the most important gown he will ever make. (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty good i i love that because you think that she's gonna say the most important gown that i will ever wear sure because certainly your wedding dress is probably the most important dress that you wear as yeah. a woman yeah um but her dad is ralph loren 
He's probably designed more important gowns. For example, he's probably designed a gown. He'll probably design the gown that the first female president of the United States wears to the inauguration. Right, right. And the best part of this is then at the end of the column, the last sentence of the column is, congratulations not only to both couples, but to Ralph and Ricky, who clearly succeeded as great parents. (laughs) Because their children are getting married, and Lord knows that poorly adjusted people never get married. If, so, just, if, well, let's assume. If I, if I, Andre Leon Talley, enormous New York gentleman that wears Louis Vuitton print dashikis, mm-hmm. knows one thing. It's the difference between a good parent and a bad parent. If I, person who lives the most insane lifestyle in the history of the world, there's this amazing scene. Jordan, have you seen the movie The September Issue about uh, Vogue magazine? I have not. It's a great movie, whether or not you care I've about seen, I've seen it hanging around on Netflix. I've it's, considered it. It's, really a, it's a really fascinating, cool documentary about how, uh, about how Vogue magazine is put together. And there's this amazing scene with Andre Leon Talley where um, – Anna Wintour, the uh, uh, editor of Vogue, is worried about his weight because he's obese. And she wants him to try tennis. And he just shows up for tennis with, like, literally the kind of luggage, the volume of luggage that you would see a person, like a woman in a movie from 1930 who's going on a international safari <laughs> like the kind where there's like seven native oh, men like, carrying like, um, the uh, an amount of luggage that uh would be used for comic effect yes uh, like a comic character would have to show yes. how ridiculous they are yes exactly like a tiny a tiny bellman is like carrying something on his back sure because it's as big as he is like a steamer truck he has that volume of louis i think it was louis was it louis vuitton luggage i think it was yeah 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 and also his outfit matched his <laughs> luggage exactly for tennis and then he just stood there and just kind of did um did kind of gestures with their tennis racket that were clearly intended uh to to point out that he was too gay for this shit <laughs> It was so awesome. That sounds fantastic. It was like the greatest thing I've ever seen on film. He's a true, he's a real American hero as far as I'm concerned. Okay, next thing, Teresa. Okay, now we're on to Marie Claire. Um, and this is the March issue of Marie Claire. Um, and there's a column in here, or, or I don't know, like a segment that's called The Careerist. And I don't know, I'm not a regular Marie Claire reader. I don't know if this is a regular thing that they do. I am, it is. Okay. <laughs> they say, it says, The Careerist, news, gear, and get ahead tips. The cool girls employee handbook. <laughs> Love it already. <laughs> And then Teresa, this is it. Wait. you're a cool girl. Where do you turn for? Where do you turn <laughs> yeah, for right. your getting ahead tips? You're very clear. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And then just all I want to read is the title of this month's article, which is "How ethnic can you be at work?" <laughs> oh, oh wow! Wow. <laughs> this is multiple people looked at this and approved it. They had pens that they're allowed to cross stuff out with. And they circled it. That's pretty amazing, right? It is. It's totally amazing. It's amazing amazing that that's real. I think it depends on where you work. (laughs) Right. 
It's obvious. Why would you need to write a whole column about sure. that when it's totally obvious? Is it 1993 and you work on the set of Martin? Yeah. Very ethnic. Yeah, then you're allowed to be very I would say ethnic. be more ethnic than you're comfortable with. Yeah, but let's say it's 2011, you work on Modern Family. I, if you're Asian, I don't even want you bringing rice to work with your lunch. Sure. Downplay it. Yeah, downplay your ethnicity. Okay, go ahead, Teresa. Okay, so we have a couple more. Can I do a couple yeah, more? Yeah, of course. Okay. So this one is featured on, this is also Marie Claire, and this one is um, teased on the, on the cover. And it just says, engagement rage when single friends attack. <laughs> and wow. then the article, yeah. the article is all about this poor woman who got engaged in the south of France last summer. And then all her single friends just lashed out at her because they're jealous bitches. <laughs> and and at the end of the article, what we learn is it's okay because she can be friends with married people now. <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. This woman, who is the focus of a Marie Claire article. Author or is this an uh, as this told to f- situation? This yeah. is an... The, she wrote this. Okay. It's about herself. She got engaged in the south of France. She writes for Marie Claire. This woman is probably a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Could it be that her friends being mad at her just had to do with her general cuntiness? Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe she was bragging that she was going to get engaged in Tuscany. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then they were pissed that they that she really pulled the rug out from under them. You know what, though, you guys? I think you guys are being too generous. I really think just single girls are jealous bitches. No, you're right. Yeah. And no, that's a good point. They're fat. To. They're unattractive. That's a good point. Yeah. They can't find a man. They're yeah. terrible. They're desperate Bad to find bed. a man. That's the problem. <laughs> so, anyways, that's that one. Um, Put okay. a ring on it, guys, right? Yeah, I agree. Okay, this hey, is... any independent women out there? Holler. They did. They did. <laughs> um, okay, this is one last one from Marie Claire, um, and it's just a weird one, but it's about this uh, these sisters, these like fashion designers sisters who are doing this partnership with opening ceremony, and they're talking about like where they get their inspiration and stuff. We should clarify: opening ceremony or opening ceremony is a, a well-known boutique type retail store mm. in. Uh, New York, Los Angeles, and so maybe they have one other, maybe Montreal or something. Um, so they're talking about where they get their inspiration. And it says, The line was inspired in part, says Kate, by Santa Cruz. Quote, When I thought of Santa Cruz, right away I thought of sunglasses. <laughs> and then Laura explains, When we were younger and we lived in the area, our dad always wore these great sunglasses. They were handmade and sold out of a little hut in the forest. <laughs> I mean, Jordan, I everyone, we went I, to Santa Cruz. Everyone wore those hut glasses. Yes, they went out to the forest with your $9. <laughs> you brought back uh, some hut glasses. There was, a ma- there was a man there whittling sunglass lenses. But also, yeah, that happened. But also, yes, there is a man in the forest who sells sunglasses. <laughs> I haven't seen him, but it seems like that exists. What's, what's amazing to me as I work more and more in the quote-unquote fashion industry with Put This On and like I, I like read these fashion blogs and so on, 
is just the pathetic lengths that designers will go to to talk about what inspired their collections. Like, uh, uh, I, I remember this, there was a collection recently that got a lot of attention from uh, this, direct, this uh, designer, Michael Bastian, and it was, uh, it was inspired by Ivy League lacrosse. Mm. What the fuck does that mean? It was not, I want to be yeah. clear, it wasn't lacrosse uniforms. No. Probably sweaters, It right? was inspired by... That, that special lacrosse feeling that you get. Well, to some extent, it's clothes twats would wear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, 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 the lengths that a designer will go to to uh, talk about what inspired them are truly mind-numbing. Okay, next one, Teresa. Okay, I just have a couple more little ones. Um, so I'm trying to decide which one I should. Okay. So this one is just a headline or a, a little teaser on the cover of the February issue of L that I saw today. And it, it said, could you fall in love with a woman? <laughs> Depends. Are you a straight dude or a lesbian lady? <laughs> yeah. The answer is, is yes. I like the idea that there's someone out there who's questioning. Who's not sure about their identity. And they're like, shit. Could I? I wish Marie Claire had some insights into this. That was L. Oh. Or maybe it's, it causes a panic in someone who's never had a homosexual feeling. Right. Holy and they take fuck, the quiz. I could. I could yeah, potentially. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just, I wanted to know, you know, so I had to read the article. I didn't really read the article. Um, there was also, there was also, this is just a little one, but there was also um, Yoga for Fitness and Health had a article called The Inner Wisdom Diet, which I just thought was funny. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Okay. And then the last one I'm going to share is from In Style, which actually was surprisingly hard to find really good dumb stuff in because there's just mostly a lot of cute clothes. Um. <laughs> So this, but this is, um, it's called Step Into a Rainbow, and it's all these women from the Golden Globes, like Claire Danes and uh, Mila Kunis and Amy Adams and a bunch of people, and they're all wearing brightly colored gowns. Leighton Meester? No, she's not there. Okay, just checking. And... I recently found out who Leighton Meester is. Yeah, it's fun to know who that is, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So you could say her weird name. Yeah, it's like it's like a couple of years ago when I learned who America Ferrara was. Sure. Okay. That's so not anybody anymore, by the way. Oh, gotcha. So this one just says... So anyways, all of them are wearing like really brightly colored gowns in different colors. And it just says, now this is what we're talking about. Wearing color gives you a psychological boost. So these actresses must have felt like winners, regardless of who went home with the trophy. <laughs> that is good. <laughs> you know who went home with the trophy? Leighton Meester. That's my prediction. Sure. I bet you did. My <laughs> prediction for the past. <laughs> for an awards show that I didn't watch at all. Well, that was Teresa's you, Teresa, signature, signature segment. segment. Glad to do it. Uh, does it have a name? Awful things, terrible Dumb things. things, dumb things from women's magazines. Um, 
You can feel free, by the way, to participate in this. If you're a lady out there who reads, or a gentleman who reads women's magazines, you find a turn of phrase or something that's particularly awful, feel free to give us a call, 206-984-4-FUN. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Teresa, baby inside Thorne. Teresa, it's been wonderful to have you on the program. Thank you so much for having me. It was a joy. I, I, was, I particularly enjoyed your signature segment. You did? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. What about me? Did I do anything? No, you should have done Jordan Sings a Song or something. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I only like recurring segments. Okay, everything else. Yeah, you can my, take or leave. my favorite thing on Saturday Night Live is uh, that song that uh, Keenan sings. <laughs> what up with that? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite thing because it's funny to me every time because I've seen it before. Yeah, I don't think that's funny, but it's hard to dislike it. Like it's easy to dislike a lot of things on SNL. It's hard to dislike it for about thirty seconds, and then it's like, okay, I dislike it. Okay, yeah, then you're. I done. can't do it. I, I'm like offended that they keep showing that sketch. Oh wow. Because it's there's not it's nothing. It's I the did same. kind of enjoy it once. Yeah, maybe like the first thirty seconds of the first time that but it there, ever aired. There are two jokes in it. There's yeah. one is who's on the panel, sure, and then the other one is what crazy outfit comes out. Yeah, and that's it. That's all the jokes, and it's like six minutes long. Sure. So once you're like, I'm enjoying this for a while, and then these crazy jokes come in. You're like, oh, those were great jokes. And that, you know, I think we can all agree that Keenan's greatest skill as a comedic actor is that he looks like a sweet, funny guy. Yeah. And he's really riding that in this sketch. He really uses that to its full effect. But the second time you see it, you're like, oh, I remember this from the other time that I saw this. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I, I just feel when I watch it, I'm like, hey, have fun out there, guys. Okay, sure. That's my wow. feeling. That's fair. Okay. Hey, no, I, I think that. I need to have that attitude a lot more when I'm watching SNL. Like, I think I would probably enjoy SNL a lot more if I just was like, "Hey, let's just that let's is just the let pr- this happen." That is the premise of SNL. Okay. I feel like because the people who are on Saturday Night Live are so brilliantly talented, which they fucking are. Sure. Um. And they do a great job of casting brilliantly talented people. Even and all those new 19-year-olds they have are really Brilliantly funny. talented. And um, I think because they're also brilliantly talented, we forget sometimes uh, that basically the premise of the show is, hey, bet we could make a show in a week. Mm-hmm. And so because they're so good, it's, it seems so polished that you forget that they, they just wrote this yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Anyway, Saturday Night Live aside, um, hey, uh, don't forget the Max Fun Drive is coming up February 28th. I'm expecting everybody out there we got uh, to support this program. There are literally tens of thousands of people listening to this show. Um, uh, and I think that if you like this show enough to subscribe uh, to the podcast, I think you like the show enough to support it. So um, uh, it's all going to be at MaximumFun.org slash donate starting on February 28th. And we're going to have some fun. We got some cool stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah. Was that convincing? It was absolutely, seemed sincere. Did you like that? Me. I know you're supposed to come up with cool ideas to support pledge drives like Ira Glass does. Yeah. Uh, mine was, uh, uh, hey, pay for it, freeloader, from earlier. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. 
We'll be back uh, 206 984 fun. We got action items on the table. Uh, if you had a horrible, particularly horrible uh, birds and the bees experience from either side, I'm opening. I'm open to moms and dads that did a terrible job. Um, uh, and also, uh, if you happen to, if you happen to run into something in a ladies magazine, that's particularly awful. We'd love to hear that. 206-984-4-FUN or email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Sorry, we had one huge momentous occasion this week. And so we didn't have time for the other momentous occasions. Um, but we'll be back next week with more on Jordan, Jesse, go. (laughs) 